Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Paul Brighton towards the near post is disappointing. It goes as far though. Ricardo! Oh, what a goal by Ricardo! 20 yards out, it arrows into the top left hand corner. And with 10 minutes to go, Leicester City lead Pep Guardiola's Manchester City 2 1 at the King Power. Lingard, Lingard to Pogba. He might shoot here, does shoot. Second goal of the game for Paul Pogba in exactly the same area as the first. Now chipped over the top by Ericsson. Kane is onside, Kane on the turn of the volley, and Tottenham make it four. Van Dijk's there, Lovren's there, Fabinho's there to open his account for Liverpool. And just as City go 2-1 down at Leicester, Liverpool stamp their authority at Anfield. It's the Premier League preview show for week 20 of the 18-19 season. I'm Tom Rennie and coming up this weekend, Liverpool are six points clear at the top after a better Christmas than young Timmy O'Toole of Texas, who got a new bike as well as a PlayStation and his family left him alone all December 25th to play with both. Truly golden days for Timmy. And to cap it off, Mo Salah can play against Arsenal this coming Sunday, despite his clear dive against <laughs> Newcastle. We will get to that. The Reds are being chased by Tottenham in second after their 11 goals in a week. No need, everyone, to keep putting the word genuine in front of title contenders. They're title contenders, and that is that. We'll also talk about what's happened to City, to Burnley, to Leicester over the festive period. Lots to discuss. Let's say hello to our panel for today, starting with one of the hardest working men in show business. He's got a lovely bouffant fringe today. Fantastic. Keeping the hair gel industry in business single-handedly. <laughs> it's Talk Sports football editor David Walker. How are you, mate? That's all I got for Christmas. Big pot hair gel. <laughs> <laughs> and he's already gone through an entire jar in just two days. Uh, great to have you with us as ever. Uh, on the programme too, Steve Lomas, former Manchester City and West Ham captain. How are you, mate? Very well, thank you, Tom. Nice Christmas. Very good. Everyone survive? We got through it, Simeon. Thing. <laughs> That's the important thing. Uh, I'm back in the UK for a couple of weeks, so we like to work him hard. He's in New York these days. The only Millwall captain ever to be allowed in Manhattan. <laughs> it is Matt Lawrence. How are you, mate? And only in the really bad, seedy parts of Manhattan yeah. as well. Not, not anywhere east of Park Avenue. Anywhere else, not allowed. Uh, I'm glad that you got that reference. I don't, I don't know anything about it. They don't let me back. I went once. They didn't let me back. I'm more of a Greenwich kind of guy. Greenwich Village. That's me. We'll move on. Uh, a reminder to anyone who's listening on a radio station, you know this already, but you can subscribe to this program as a podcast. It's on iTunes, it's on Acast, on Spotify. If it's a good podcast provider, uh, you can listen to this show and you'll subscribe back. I certainly do, yeah. He's always listening. Right, let's get to match number one, the big match of the weekend, one of the biggest matches of the season. It's 5.30 UK time on Saturday. It's Liverpool up against Arsenal. Liverpool are only the fourth Premier League team to be unbeaten at the halfway stage of a season. Uh, Arsenal 2003, Man United 2010 and Man City 2017. Fantastic first half to this season. Uh, no losses and just seven goals conceded as well as the 43 scored. Phenomenal start to the season they have had for the Gunners. Uh, they've been pretty ropey on the road of late. Couldn't beat Brighton on Boxing Day. Conceded in each of their last nine away Premier League games 
as well. Uh, right, I want to start with this. I mentioned it in the opener. I want to get it off my chest early, and then we can move <laughs> on to the we game, go. right? I'm watching that Newcastle game at the weekend, hearing our commentary team covering it. Uh, Toby was doing the game, said he thought it was a dive. Paul alongside him said, well, little tug on the shirt on Mo Salah. He's got every right to go down. Now, I've watched it about five or six times now, uh, and it looks to me like he sees a little like brush of the arm, like you do with someone on the tube standing next to you, and you brush their arm, and then there's no reason you would go down onto the floor from that. There's no reason on the tube you'd start a debate about you're in my space, mate, even on the rush hour in central London. And yet he feels it's okay to take two steps and then tumble. Now, I'm looking at that thinking it's got to be a dive. There will be retroactive punishment, retrospective uh, punishment for that. It's Arsenal up next, followed by Man City. Is that why Mo Salah is not facing further punishment? Or do the former footballers here think, and bearing in mind, we've got two tough lads who've been through some of the hardest clubs in England. Surely, like, that's a dive, right? You're on the defender's side. I think ethically, no, I'm not. I think ethically, yes, in terms of our Britishness and we want players to stand up. But for me, it's a pull. Slight pull, albeit, but Paul Dummett gives the referee an opportunity and he's right up with play. He sees the arm going back. And, and really, for me, I'm looking at it now, it's stupidity from the defender. Mo Salah's just being clever, whether he goes down theatrically or not. For me, it's a penalty. Cheap, albeit. Uh, and, yeah, if it was me or Matt, I'm sure would, there'd be a few expletives were, would be shown at Mo Salah. But, uh, yeah, for me, it's a penalty. And maybe the odd stud or two as well <laughs> as we walked over his hand. Because, yeah, I, I, don't like, I don't like the phrase that he, he has the ability to go down because there was contact. There was contact. I agree with Steve. It was stupidity from Dummett, the defender. But you, you see those given nowadays. There's no need in the world for Mo Salah to fall over. You see it given, but, but then sure. Surely now we all know in the cold light of day he cheated, right? I would. If, if he was, if it was Huddersfield and Cardiff next, or he played for Huddersfield or Cardiff, he'd be banned, right? Surely. No, I, no, I don't think so. I think, listen, if he takes a dive and there's no contact, there's at no, the end of the day, there's contact, whether you like it or not, whether it's cheap, whether it wouldn't even blew over a two-year-old, that pullback. But unfortunately, that's the way the game's going now, Tom. And you know, he was, you know whether he'd say professional enough to go over, feel the contact and go over and win his team. Yes, ethically, we don't like it, but it's just the modern game now. And you wouldn't be complaining, either of you, if it was one of your teammates getting... 100%. The the that's that's the double standards I'd of it. I'd be complaining. That's, 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 exactly. that's the double standards of being a footballer. And, and, yeah. and it happens time and time again. Matt will tell you, if he goes over and wins you three points, all right, it wasn't a tight game, but it makes it easier, 2 0 up, uh, you know, we'd all have been yeah. happy, Matt, yeah. wouldn't And we? it's just so ingrained in those guys as well. It, it's not even a matter, I don't think they think about it, and like, right, I've, I felt a touch I can go over. It's just I think, natural I think, now. I think now as, as well, if you look at the reaction of the Newcastle players, yeah, nobody... the, the, the other defenders are like, yeah, that, that's stupid, that's just the way the mm. game's going. They've accepted it now, whereas back in the 90s where there'd have been a full-scale riot, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm sure if you two were involved, yeah. Anyway, listen, let's talk about the game coming up on Saturday, Liverpool-Arsenal. The way the Reds have been playing, take away the Mo Salah thing. That's just a little bugbear for me, I think. Uh, some of the football they played against Newcastle, a poor Newcastle side who rested a couple of players as well, the likes of Josselu and Muto getting a game. Fantastic, fantastic football being played. Shakiri looks fantastic. Alexander-Arnold and Robertson and all that. I mean, Matt... The football they're playing is astonishing. It's right up there with whatever City got away with uh, or were playing at the back end of last season. I think, anyway, over the last two or three games, it's taken a while. The Bournemouth performance and this performance against Newcastle, I thought it was stunning. For, for me, they started off the season, maybe not sloppily, but the likes of Salah and Mane and Firmino, it wasn't really coming together. I know they had a hangover from, from the World Cup. But n right now, as you say, the, the football they're playing, guys, is, is quite immaculate. It really is. And to have only conceded two goals in 810 minutes of, of football at home is, is purely phenomenal. I think the next two games are really going to make... Liverpool season obviously home to Arsenal then away on January the 3rd at the Etihad against Manchester City if they come okay. away from that relatively unscathed I'd say with, with four points I, I, I think that not quite the title is theirs but it's certainly leaning very heavily in their favour going back to this game you just don't know which Arsenal are going to turn up they are so inconsistent it's ridiculous I watched the game against Brighton and I thought they were really poor yet you can watch a game previous to that they, they draw with Manchester United they beat Huddersfield they beat Burnley but then they'll lose to Southampton you know they're, they're just so ridiculously I think, I think inconsistent he's, yeah, he, he's given the lift but they're still work yes. in progress for me Aubameyang sure. looks the real deal finisher 
And let's have it right. They should have, the game should have been over after 30 minutes. They were good for the first 30 minutes against Brighton. But then, for whatever reason, he took off Ozil. And I think, whether it's injured or not, I think it was the wrong move. He because said tactical. Tactically, but game. for me... You know, he was the one that was supplying, he was getting in them little pockets and then he comes off and the game changes and, and it's that inconsistently, like you said, Matt, but I think the work in progress. For me, there's still three or four players, especially especially defensively. Well, they've, yeah. they've looked dodgy defensively all yeah, season, yeah. haven't they? But that was with their first choice defence. Yeah. Now they're missing <laughs> three or four of those, of those Yeah, defenders. I think there's, there's been talk of Gary Cale, maybe, which I think would be good for them. A solid campaigner, knows the, the league, I think, from a short-term fix. But I think he's really got to slap his identity on, and I think he's only going to do that over the next two or three transfer windows. Arsenal fans have always loved Laurent Koscielny. I always have chats of Arsenal fans. They're, they're everywhere. And for 10 years, they've been saying to me, oh, he's one of the best defenders in the world. He comes back in the team. Yeah, he's been out for a while. And they make those mistakes they've been making for a decade. Like a big ball gets pumped upfield from an Arsenal corner and they concede. Socrates is a mess. He's a total mess. He's a rush of blood to the head kind of player. Putting these two together, it's not going to work. They need to buy some proper defenders. And we're recording this programme. Uh, on the 27th of December, it's one year to the day that Liverpool signed Virgil van Dijk. It's Virgil van Dijk Day. What'd you get the kids? Uh, well, did you get them a little ponytail? I think, I think as well, also as well. This is what Arsenal need, a van Dijk. Yeah, also as well, I'm not sure about the goalkeeper, Leno. I'm, he, I'm he, with he, you 100%. He, he looks dodgy. Even the goal yesterday was disallowed for Brighton. He wasn't assertive enough. He wasn't brave enough. I understand they want to play and he's better with his feet than Czech, but I would still have Czech in. But I think they need a goalkeeper. They possibly need two defenders, you know, maybe another midfielder. So I think, like I said, you know, Unai Emery, I think over the next two or three windows is really where he's going to prove his worth. He's give the club a lift. They look more competitive, but... They just—they're like Liverpool last season. They need—they need that defensive edge. They need the goalkeeper. It's, it is exactly the same as Liverpool. They need a goalkeeper. Liverpool bought in Allison, and then they need a centre half. Liverpool bought in Van Dijk, and I think Gary Cahill would be a good short-term yeah. fix. But I think long-term, I don't think Cahill was no, the sort of player I, I think, that yes, Emily wants. But I agree, he would shore up the defence for the Arsenal remainder would take of the season. A player off Chelsea's bench to improve for the end of this yeah, season. You've got to understand can't get in defensively. Front, in front of Antonio Rudiger, who can't win a header. David Luiz, who, as we know, is a bit erratic. Christensen's ahead of him. Yeah. Arsenal fans aren't going to take Gary Cahill for six Well, I think short-term they? they will. I think you give them that leadership. You know, Koscielny, you're right. I watched him against Southampton. All right, he's been out for a while, but he was all over the shop. Um, they need a bit of leadership now. Because it's all about... It ain't just going to happen overnight. Yeah. Like I said, it's going to be three windows, really. You know, yeah. to, to Arsenal for yeah. me to get back up having any chance of challenging for the title. And I think it stems from Leno as well. Yeah. You, you know, Steve, you've, you've played defensive midfield and you've played defensively as well. You know that it all starts with a goalkeeper. If you're confident and comfortable with the goalkeeper behind you, it, it just reassures you. But you can see that they're a, a stuttering mess at the back. Koscielny's yeah. uh, lacking match fitness. Him coming in with Socrates as well. They haven't played together a great deal. So it is, you do need to breed yeah. those relationships between the goalkeeper and the two centre-halves. And Arsenal haven't had a leader on the pitch, what, since Emmanuel tea or something so so they could do with Kale for that short term fix I agree that Emery's not going to be playing him for the next 60 games on the trot but he'd come in and just bring the I think they'd bring the dressing room it'd together be, he's a leader a stop, on the pitch stop, stop gap, gap. For, the yeah. for the next you know year or so to sort of you know the evolution starts and, and that can only happen when he's able to bring in you know players in terms of competing at the top level players because Arsenal apart from maybe Aubameyang and, and Lacazette you look at the people they've bought in Probably for me, they're second tier players. They're not top of the tree players. Yeah, Torreira, Torreira's a good player, but again, yeah, yeah. he's only 22 years yeah. old. Guendozi in time will be, but he's only 19. Yeah. He gives the ball away yeah. far too much. Yeah. yeah, as you say, though, I, I agree. They were work in progress, and it may take 12 to 18 months from now. Uh, to the game uh, coming up on Saturday. How do Arsenal go about winning it? What do they do to win this game? What do they do to stop the tide of Liverpool victories? Well, it's very tough. You know, it'll be a rear guard action. They certainly have to defend better than they have done in the last two or three games. And I think they've got to be more clinical. You know, you looked at it. The game against Brighton, away from home, should have been dead and buried with the chances they had in the first 30 minutes. So they're going to have to be defensively, you know, resilient. And when they do get opportunities, which will maybe be few and far between, you know, Obama Yang has shown that he has got, you know, the clinical edge to, to take chances. 
Yeah. And with Liverpool, I wonder whether with Man City coming up in five days, four days, yeah, from January this game, the third. Uh, you keep saying January third, like I know what day of the week is. It's Christmas. <laughs> no one knows. Next That's why I'm going with January the third. Next Thursday, seven days. He's obsessed with January third. Well, you don't even know what day it is today, so I've there's no, no point saying next it's Thursday. Very it could be Monday today. Fifteen-hour day yesterday, and I've had three bottles of Advocar this week. I've no idea what's happening. Uh, listen, Liverpool. Who do they play? Who do they pick? They seem to change their midfield every game. Well, we maybe see Roberto Firmino, who came off with about 20, 25 minutes to go against Newcastle, given a rest. Daniel Sturridge brought in. Will there be a big rotation? Because Arsenal, I think they could beat with their second team. Man City, you want everyone firing. Yeah. I think you look at it, you look at Henderson came back and by rights, he was man on the match yesterday. So, it's, yep. so they've got people, obviously Gomez has come out, but they've got Lovren to step in. So they've got they've got competition all around. That's why I think Liverpool are in such a good place at the minute. You know what I mean? Everybody's firing. You look, like Matt said, the front three have really finally hit probably where they were last season and added to that defensive stability. Now they've ha- got with the keeper, Robertson, and I think even Trent Arnold. You, know, you look, that that's the difference for me between Liverpool and Tottenham and Man City. I think if you look at Man City's back four yesterday, it's probably the poorest back four out of the three teams challenging for the title. Right, let's segue to Man City. That's coming up next. They take on Southampton on Sunday, having lost their last two games. Incredible. That's next. Get this, Leicester 2, Manchester City 1, eight minutes to go. Ricardo Pereira, just outside the penalty area, has let fly, right-footed, and like a rocket, it has flown past Edison. Right, let's get on to Manchester City. They take on Southampton on Sunday. It's a 2.15 UK time kickoff, And let's talk about Man City. Six of their defeats under Pep Guardiola in the Premier League, six of their 11 defeats have come in the month of December. Um, they have fallen at this hurdle before. It's the first time Man City have lost consecutive Premier League games since December 2016. The second of those was against Leicester. So maybe we'll talk about the squad being stretched. But we've got to start, Steve, as a former Man City captain, by talking about a man who plays in your position, yeah. or maybe doesn't, Bernardino. Well, another I... game out and another game lost. Well, I did say that a few weeks ago. He's the only one player, even with Aguero, that if they lost, they haven't got a direct replacement. They've got players of quality, you know, Gundogan, Bernardo Silva, but they don't, they all want to go and join in and make things happen. He's the one that's happy just to quietly go about his business, just stay off the play, get it, win tackles and give it to the players that, that can actually bit of quality. So yeah, it's a worrying theme um, for, for Man City and I think we did the game, Tom, it stems from the Chelsea game. I think they've lost a bit of confidence, beat 2-0, Chelsea found them out, sat deep, we're clinical on the counter-attack. And um, ever since then, this, you know, for a team that is so good and with the amount of quality, there seems to be a lack of confidence about the place at the minute, which is really surprising. Yeah, even more unusually, I think we can say it's a lack of foresight from Pep Guardiola. I think everybody's been talking over the last sort of six to 12 months about the fact that Fernandinho is the one player who's irreplaceable in that team. As, as Steve said, it's inevitable he's going to get suspended, he's, he's going to get injured. And they're now trying to convert John Stones from centre-half into a holding midfielder. Yes, he's a, he's a good footballer, but he's finally finding his feet and, and had a decent partner in Laporte and, he, and he's playing well at centre-half and they're trying to almost convert him into a holding midfield player. It, it, it's it's just not going to happen. And it's been a big loss for Man City. And I thoroughly agree with Steve that they're lacking in confidence. To have lost three games in the last four, they only lost two in the whole of 2017-18. as well, which is really, you know... That I mean, makes it even worse. That makes it even worse. Because you think well, especially when you go one up, the team has to then come out and yeah. City then hit you on the counter-attack with the speed and devastation that they've got. But well, fair play to Leicester. You know, they, they've, you know, we're talking about mm. Man City's defeat, but Leicester and Puel was under pressure. They are in two great wins. Chelsea away... Man City at home, you know, so yeah. They still don't like him though. <laughs> they still won't have him. I know, he, he's if a only you picked mate, a strong he? team in the Carabao Cup, maybe they'd have got through. That'd be the complaint. You've just beaten City and Chelsea. Yeah. No, no, no. We lost the Cup game, Puel out. Um, what about Fabian Delph? We've got to talk about Fabian Delph because. Could, could he not be a player that, that could. That well, play like, you would have thought midfield. you just took the words out of well, me. Yeah. I thought he was meant to be doing that, and yet he's, he's a bad left back. I mean, he's Matt, terrible. You, you played in that role. Yeah. You, you played there as well, filled in there. He's not a good fullback. The All Brighton go against Leicester. That was dreadful. All Brighton literally yeah. is going, I'm going that hole. Yeah. I'm going. And he didn't look at him. And then he gets sent off. He should have been sent off the other week for a similar tackle. He gets frustrated like, and he keeps swinging his second leg around. Just stop it now. But he, I also think Laporte, you know, Stone and Laporte, I still think you can get at them too. You know, if you have a fit 
Vincent Company with a stone or with a report, you'd probably get away with it because defensively, and probably you get away with Delph playing at left back because he's so solid, he reads mm. the game. I think Laporte doesn't do him any favours because that, that ball to all Brighton, as soon as his head goes down the midfielder, them two should be dropping off, killing the space in behind Matt, shouldn't they? You know, any anybody that's got time in the ball, drop off, kill the space, but that is a midfielder playing fullback. Yeah, it really is. He, he's just always facing the ball. He's ball watching yeah. and that's the, the ultimate sin yeah. of defending. Yeah. If he's just on the half turn, he sees old Brighton running across him, he can get his arm across, he can do anything. And Delph's been doing it for, for a number of, yeah. of games now has been costing Man City goals. To, to go back to Dave's question then, why is he not playing in the centre of midfield when it's obvious that's the only role he's kind of capable of? Well, he can fill in, I think, but on a longer term, the problem is Mendy's out, and he? Which yes. has been a killer for them as well because he started the season unbelievably, looked like a, wow, what a player yeah. coming back from injury. So he's out again, so he's had to go back to that filling in. And I think... It's like from my own experience, filling in one or two games. But you can what, do it. You can yeah. do it and you can get away with it. But over a course of time, you're going to get found out. And I think teams have been exploiting that. They've been looking at Delph, diagonal ball, run across him, and he, and he doesn't sense the danger as a natural fullback would do. Exactly, it's just positional sense. Yeah. You you don't need, you don't need to be quick. You don't need to read the game well. You just if you've played fullback over fifty, yeah. hundred games, you pretty much know exactly where to stand. And it, you wouldn't get beaten by Albright nah, running one in more. behind nah. you or running across maybe, the front maybe of Pierce, you. Maybe he might do a bit of trickery. One v one, will take you on and beat you. Yeah. But for me, is it's always old adage as a fullback, inning in behind you, you're killed. So you kill yeah. the space. Yeah. Then if it's in front of you, you've still got another bite of the cherry. Yeah. We we spoke about Man City's defence today and, and in previous weeks, but previously they've sometimes got out of jail mm. because the other areas of the team are so strong. But now, you know, Aguero's not playing very well. Jesus has had one good game this season, pretty much. And they're snatching, Sane was snatching at chances the other day. They're all, you know, it looks like it's affecting them maybe mentally. I don't know, they're under pressure. They, mm. That's exactly it. If you're snatching at shots, you're snatching at chances, you are. You're, you're getting worried, you're, you're feeling under pressure. And I think looking at the post-match interview with Pep Guardiola as well, he almost looks baffled. He almost looks mm. frustrated. He can't really put his finger on what's going wrong. And to have lost three of the last four, almost sacrilegious for Manchester City. And they're feeling that pressure. They're now chasing. They were happy last season being out in front, having a cushion of six, eight, ten points and it was just all very easy for them but now they're under pressure, they've got to chase Liverpool. I thought it was really interesting in Guardiola's post-match where he talked about the fact that uh, he didn't think that the opposition Leicester had an equal amount of shots, he basically said they had a shot and scored, we had ten shots and didn't in the Crystal Palace game that was true, statistically uh, they actually had more shots than Man City Leicester in the game uh, I'm not sure about on target, it was 11-10 to 10 at the end of the game and so he's sort of reading the game wrong as well if, if, if well, you like he's looking for excuses and it's the first team like Matt said when you're it's like you always say when Arsenal for, Arsene Wenger first arrived near a win and it was easy everybody thought he was so calm and then Arsenal start losing it's a different proposition when you're a manager when you're sitting there and your team's winning no problem you can come out nice and relaxed but when you're up against it and you know that's purely for me down to because Liverpool have improved so much they're mm. now putting the pressure on and, and you're seeing listen there's a vulnerability when you're losing games you know what I mean the pressure does come on and Pep more so than not for me is now reading it wrong like you said so. and it's it's not the best time to be playing Southampton either they're mm. a team that have yeah. improved in recent weeks well let's have a right listen they win, win tonight against West Ham yep. you know that's that's three on the bounce and let's assume they so, have <laughs> well <laughs> you know West Ham are you know neither here nor there at, at times so you would with the confidence the expect, where they are. yeah well that's it that they usually are. Ten players out going into tonight's game, uh, which we're recording before. And uh, yeah, br briefly on Southampton, it's worth mentioning. We've spoken about Southampton a lot this year. And, and from the outside, I always think that me and Dave seem a little bit like we don't know what we're talking about here. And fans always feel that, I think, because we look at them and I think they just ain't working hard enough. But then you think that can't be true because it's their jobs. So surely they're putting enough effort in. But I watched Southampton last couple of games. Firstly against Arsenal. Watched that with a bunch of Arsenal fans. It was great. <laughs> uh, and also uh, the Huddersfield game after that as well. Great goal from Nathan Redmond in that 3-1. Obafemi as well scoring. He's 18. Fantastic finish for three. They just look like they're working harder. <laughs> Is that too much of a Luddite view? No, I think I think you're right. It's a fair comment. You know, they're definitely running more. I'm sure if you had their stats, they'd definitely be running more. But I, I look at it, and maybe sometimes it's just a, a fit with a manager. You know, Ralph Hasselhull has done a Sorry, fantastic... Hasselhull. <laughs> but uh, I watch him on the sideline. You can see his Are energy. You, you can see who's, who's the guy who done Donald Wears Your Trousers? It's a bit like that, haven't it? It was great. Go. But you look at him on the sideline, and for me... I, 
I look at him, he's similar to Klopp. He's got energy, he wears his heart on his sleeve, he's where the players, he's demanding. And I think the players are responding from that. Whereas Mark Hughes is a bit more sit back, you know what I mean? You know, let it happen. He's done his work, you know, maybe through the week, but on the touchline, he doesn't get as animated. I think Hughes on the touchline, certainly not how he used to play, but you see him as a manager, as a coach on the touchline. He looks bland, he's, he's not animated. Yeah. Everything's sort of just going on. It doesn't look as though he reacts to anything. Whereas somebody like a Hassan Hootl, is that there right? You go. Correct. Very nice. There you yeah. go. The wind blow high, let the wind blow low. Is <laughs> somebody that you want to run for. And it's only the same as what's happening at Manchester United. It shouldn't be a thing, Steve. It would never have been a thing in your day or for you as a player that it's just about running harder. You but couldn't the, run but, any harder from game but to game. The problem is nowadays, Matt, is whereas we had to sort it out on the pitch and we'd have sort it There's out no in training. There's no leaders. If yeah. a Roy Keane had been at Man United, would he let. Pogba play the way he'd played the last six, seven months, not a chance. But nowadays it's down to the manager to drive that because players just come in and they just sit there. They haven't got a voice. They don't want to say anything. They don't want to be disrespectful to their teammates. Well, you, you say that, but they had a manager, Jose Mourinho. We're going slightly off topic here, but I think if Roy Keane was the manager of Manchester United, Paul Pogba wouldn't, would have played as he's played under Jose Mourinho. Mm. They've got someone now, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, just said, go and have a bit of fun and look at him. Yeah, do what you want, mate. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Bottom corner, 30 that, yards. That is perhaps what's changed maybe from your generation is that the disciplinarian side of things, that it just doesn't wash with certain players Well, you players can't. They're on, listen, they're on 500 grand a week, some players. How can, mm. you, no, di- how can no. you discipline a player? You know, he's just, he's a World Cup winner and you could see, listen, Mourinho had had enough of you know, blowing up to his ego, massaging his ego, and Pogba had enough of, of dealing with Jose Mourinho. So, obviously, the, I think it's the right choice. You know, all he's come in, he's a different character, he's very laid back, and I think the players have just breathed a huge sigh of relief. We'll get back to Manu a little bit later. Just briefly to go back to Southampton, any chance for them against Man City if they put a high-intensity performance in? There's no Fernandinho, there's no return date for him for Man City <laughs> right now. If Southampton are able to play at the intensity they showed in the two games we've seen so far under Ralph Hassan Hootle, um, it's not easy, that is it. Yeah. Uh, they've got a chance here, right? I mean, Leicester showed the way, and also, you know, Bournemouth showed the way, Crystal Palace showed the way. Don't be afraid of Man City. Get after him, take your chances, score a goal, and you can score against them. They can right. a goal they've, every game. They've scored six in the last two games. Potentially, if they win tonight against West Ham, another five. You know, another five, you're correct. <laughs> but, um, no, nah, listen, it's a tricky tie for, for Man City, but you'd have to think with the quality that they've got, they'll bounce back. Right, let's move on. Up next, we're talking about Tottenham Hotspur, who take on Wolverhampton Wanderers at Wembley on Saturday. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Harry Kane, Kane tight angle inside the penalty air. Still Harry Kane, he goes down, stabs it back for Danny Rose. Kane though picks himself up, gets the ball back in. Lucas Moira, edge of the box, straight to Megovic. Son goes round the goalkeeper and it's 5-0 for Tottenham. Right, Tottenham Hotspur, second in the table, above Man City and chasing down Liverpool. Another stat about them, I love this. They're yet to draw a game. Halfway into the season, they haven't drawn a single game. The longest run in a top-flight season since Arsenal in 1983, who also went 19 games. Uh, I want to ask you about Hung Min Son. 
Now, he's going to play this game and a couple more, and then he's going off to the Asian Cup. Already, Matt Ryan's gone, uh, the, the Brighton goalkeeper. Uh, Ki Sing Young's gone uh, from Newcastle. And yet he's staying for another few games, uh, three weeks later than everyone else before he joins up to South Korea. Does that show maybe how highly not only the Spurs rate him, but also how highly they rate their chances of challenging? Well, for me, he's the form player in the Premier League. He's absolutely awesome. This last 68 weeks, he's been sensational. Um, that, albeit with Ericsson come back, I think is a key player for Spurs. You know, he's now back fit. And you haven't really even got, you know, Harry Kane the season you know he's still I think there's a little bit of tiredness there he's still not the player mm. of last season so Spurs relying heavily on him if he ever gets fit Harry Kane we're all in trouble aren't we <laughs> oh, oh big trouble yeah <laughs> had a terrible World Cup as well winning the Golden Boot he's got 12 goals and 3 assists what this a volley season. against Bournemouth and, as and well. he's still only playing on one leg so yeah who knows that, when that he gets fit volley against Bournemouth I mean me and Dave try that all the time over five a side it's <laughs> dropping over your shoulder you're watching it you're watching it you're watching it skied I mean, that is just incredible. It goes, it goes a little bit unnoticed because yeah. of all the great goals we've seen this weekend, but, yeah. but that was incredible, Listen, wasn't it? I think what he's... it is, I think key for Tottenham is they're not relying on him as yeah. much. I think there's players now chipping in from, from other areas. Two not... seasons ago, if Kane got injured, Spurs were in a whole world of trouble, but, yeah. but now they can definitely play without him. Yeah. And, and Son, of course, they're, they're desperate to keep him. They'll be closing the borders. Brexit will happen <laughs> way before that. They'll close <laughs> the borders, don't let him out. And again, seven goals and three assists Son's got. And and I'm with Steve. He's, he's one of the most he's informed players. Well, sensation. If he's in your team, he, he's he's like a modern day Ian Rush. He's the he's the best attacker and the best defender Tottenham have got at the minute. And he's got two great feet yeah. and, and he enjoys the game. We we yeah. talk about Man United and we talk about whether Pogba was enjoying he his football. He gives the same level. Look at, exactly. And it wouldn't matter who his manager yeah. was. He he goes out and does it himself. Yeah. He may not be uh, the most vocal of players, but he just leads by example. He really does. I saw this on, on Twitter last night. Since the 5th of December, right, Spurs have played seven games in mm. 22 days, scored 20 goals, secured Champions League knockout mm. football with a draw in the new camp, knocked out their rivals Arsenal out of the Carabao Cup and did lose the North London derby, but don't worry about that. Uh, and they've, they've gone, up from fifth Details. To, gone up from fifth to second in, in the Premier League. At the start of December, we were looking at this run of games that Spurs had and we were looking at the squad and some of the problems and we were thinking, is it going to be a battle for the top four? Are they going to drop to fifth? Now, they have got themselves because Man City have dropped as well, but they've got themselves into the title race now. I think everybody was saying as well as at the start of that period, Dave, that they're paying for not bringing players in. But, Mm. you know, you look at Pochettino, he's stuck by his principles, young players coming in, you know what I mean? Filling the gaps. He's not. He's not. You know, afraid to throw them young players in. Yesterday, little fullback did really well. Walker Peters already more assists in the Premier League this season than David Silva. Three in one game. Three in twenty minutes. Well, he was sensational yesterday, and uh, I just think he. It's just that you know the biggest thing for me, Tottenham, apart from keeping Harry Kane, is keeping Pochettino. Yeah. You know, really, they've they've got to keep him. You know, he's a great manager. Can I ask you about January? Because we're talking about this maybe being Pochettino's last year. It will be a discussion we're having for the next six months about whether Man United take him or whatever. If they were to give him £250 million to spend on some defenders, because you look at the issues they've got. You can't do it in January. You can't spend £250 quid in January. You might be able to buy one or two players. Liverpool spent £75 million on one defender 365 days ago, and it's changed everything about the club. Everything about the club has has changed since they stopped conceding goals. So, all right, let's take away £250 million and talk about big spend on two key players. Let's make it that As a a big-time player, though, would you want to be bought by Pochettino to Tottenham? Wouldn't you be very reluctant to join because you think that Pochettino's going to leave? There is so much chat about that and we, we talk about Spurs' success I, I think they'll pay for their success they're fighting on four fronts now mm. still obviously in the League Cup it, playing Dortmund in the Champions League obviously still in the FA Cup and, and of course fighting for the, for the league title as well I think their 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 lack of depth in the squad I, I think they will they will struggle to fight on all four of those fronts if they buy a centre half and they buy who's going to come though? A Which top jaw centre half is going to come? You'd almost for a need team a, on fighting on four fronts. You might win the league. You'd almost anybody. need a clause in your contract saying if Pochettino goes, I go wherever, wherever he goes because I think it will be like a pack of cards. I think they will house of cards. It will all fall if Pochettino leaves. Plus, I, I think plus as well, he likes working with younger players. Mm. Do, yes. You know what I mean? He doesn't want to bring in. He likes younger players that he can mould into his way. He doesn't want senior players that are going to come in and you know maybe question his his is the authority you know he he likes the way it's done so i'd be surprised i'm with you matt i'd be surprised whether he brings in maybe a squad player 
it might be, but I still think it'll be a younger player that, that maybe isn't at the top clubs. I just think we're going to see whether Spurs want to win the league this year or not. And if they bring in someone like, I don't know, Declan Rice, they sign him for £10, £12 million pounds and then we can develop him. Or they bring in someone from PSG. I think that'd be more, that'd be more like it. I think a Declan Rice would be more but that, like it. That sort of play, I, I get that. But I mean, he'll, he'll make them better and next year they'll finish third and it'll all be great. But they're in it right now, no doubt about it. And I think it's about time people like, like me and Dave will stop saying genuine before they say title contenders. It always annoys me yeah, that. But, We're all title contenders yeah. until you can't be anymore and, and they're in it. Listen, let's talk about the game. Wolverhampton Wanderers is who they face on Saturday, 3 o'clock UK time. Uh, Wolves have got a great record in London. Uh, weird this one. So they drew at Fulham on uh, on the Boxing Day. They lost just one of their past eight games in London, winning three, and still playing the same sort of football. Still creating chances, and and they'll create chances against Tottenham Dave, won't they? Yeah, absolutely. They they did well to get back into the game against Fulham. Fulham had a lot of chances. Um, on another day, Mitrovic could have had two or two or three. Yeah, what did he say? He felt two like or three hat tricks he could have had. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, no, I've I've been very impressed with Wolves. They. I think we got a little bit carried away with them at the start of the season, saying they were going to maybe gate crash a top seven or something. But they've found their level. They're they're a good, solid mid-table team. And I I actually think, um, looking at it from a slightly wider angle, apart from the game, we're talking about Pochettino and managerial merry-go-round in the summer. And I think Nuno's a manager that some bigger teams may be looking at. Possibly, yeah. Mm. But I think he's certainly been helped with George Mendes. You know, you look at that that the agent there that's been bringing players in there. I think they are a team that probably would go again in January that you wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if they go and sign two or three more in January for for, for top drawler. You look at the calibre of players they've already brought in for a team that's just come up. Superb. Uh, And like I said, I watched them at West Ham. I really liked them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Moutinho in, 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 in midfield looks a good player. So, yeah, listen, I think you're right, Dave. They've found the level, the mid-table for me. And But I think they're a club that are going to progress. Uh, and at the moment as well, it's worth saying, unlike Spurs and a few others, they've had almost no injuries all season. I think only Diego Hotter's going to be out for this game uh, against Tottenham. And, and that helps, doesn't it? Having players who can actually play yeah, and does again, your right favour. And against Fulham, they had the likes of, of Neves was on the bench, Helder mm. Costa was on the bench. Mm. Moutinho was absolutely yeah. fantastic in the second half. He, he didn't get on the ball at all in the first half but he took the second half by the scruff of the neck and just demanded the ball not not by vocalising but just his body language he just wanted the ball off off everybody at any given opportunity and he really made the game for Wolves in that well, second half well he made a little ball exactly, down the side little, for the full back on the cross and it was the, it's a super little pass yeah. it was the first time they'd really got in behind the Fulham defence because Fulham had defended pretty stoutly throughout that game as they did against Newcastle in the previous game mm. I like Wolves a little bit inconsistent but they can be top of the second tier they're Premier good to League. watch, aren't they? I think they they're, really they're, are. They're, they're yeah. pleasing on the eye for me. In a, in a different world, Moutinho's a Spurs player. Mm. If Daniel Levy was would be more yeah. like you're saying he should be, Moutinho would be playing for Spurs. I mean, Maybe you wonder what, whether... Four seasons ago? This is not the worst yeah. point, really. Like They've got six months to play now, yeah. Tottenham, for the title. What about Ruben Neves? What about Moutinho? I mean, you've got to look in the Premier League and there's everyone, you say about the, the Pochettino clause, I think everyone below Tottenham would move to Tottenham. Everybody. Yeah, no, I, agree. I suppose Man City yeah. below them now, so not. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Everyone yeah. outside the top six. Yeah, but everyone moving. below Tottenham would demand money that Tottenham aren't prepared to pay. Yeah, yeah. that's a very good point. Hope, I, I just kind of hope they give them some money, bring in your Espria type. But hopefully it goes well this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about another game: Crystal Palace against Chelsea, Sunday, twelve o'clock UK time. Mm-hmm. This one gets underway. Matt Lawrence, uh, former Crystal Palace player, of course. Um, they had issues at home. They were conceding a lot of goals. Uh, they couldn't score once again against Cardiff. But I think Roy has kind of decided. Let's stop conceding goals first. There was the anomaly of the City game. They're not going to score an Andros Townsend goal, maybe again, <laughs> as long as the club exists, of that kind of quality. Amazing goal. Uh, but three home clean sheets in a row. Um, is he happy to keep getting those nils and keep picking up points and then hopefully bring someone in in five days? Sandro Wagner's been linked and a few others. He'd definitely pro- like another nil-nil if it came to it, but he's definitely getting sick and tired of them not being able to finish chances. To have 31 shots, I think it was, against Cardiff. <laughs> yeah, was it three on target? Four Only on target? five. Five were on target. That was the, the BBC stats I looked at. And, they just need to calm down a bit. They're like, they're like trying to smash it in, aren't they, all the time? Well, if you have 31, sh- if you only have 31 <laughs> shots, it's that simple, exactly. Just roll it in the corner. Just, just net, mate. Yeah, just, kick it, just kick it past that goalkeeper fellow. The one with the gloves on his hands. Just kick try it to, past try him. Try and avoid him. Try and avoid that geezer with the gloves. I thought he was meant to catch it. But look, yeah, Palace, uh, the, things have been shored up. But the fact they've only scored five goals at home all season oh. is only Huddersfield have scored less. They've scored four goals at home. That's oh, sacrilegious. You can't sell us part that we, they always claim. You know, the, the fans suck the ball into the back of the net. They're so vociferous there. To not have that centre forward, I think Hodgson is getting well and truly 
annoyed, annoyed yeah. with it. Yeah, he he really is. Yeah. And yes, he likes the defensive side of the game, but to have that many chances and not to hit the back of the net and the like, even like Zaha was missing chance against Cardiff. Mm. I think he, I think he's had enough of it. I, I really do. Yes, he'll take a nil-nil. But he what he wants he needs the team to start scoring goals and against Chelsea they have to take their chances otherwise they're in big trouble the home form is just not good enough for Palace this season. Let's talk Chelsea, uh, Dave. You were there at the Watford game as a fan. I was doing the commentary of the game and and I thought they weren't very good to be fair. I think that it was a very dull game of football. Both teams fairly even, uh, decided by a couple of rushes of blood to the head for Ben Foster, but also by Eden Hazard. 101 goals for the club now. We'll see the difference. Absolutely, he was a difference on the night. He he, he could have had to, you know, a couple more goals. Really, he, scored, he missed one in the first half. Right? He just sort of jumped, jumped <laughs> over the ball from you know yard out. But I thought he was trying to rebone that on the first few, but he just missed it. But no, he, he's him, and we we know this about him and about Chelsea. They they don't have a, a top class striker at the moment who can score the amount of goals they'd need to to challenge for the for the title. But they do have a world class player, one of the best players in in Europe, certainly in the Premier League, in Eden Hazard. And when he has a good day, like he did last night. Inevitably, they will win games or go close. Uh, Morata has been training. Uh, there was talk he might be fit for Watford, wasn't. Would you bring him back in, Steve, for this game? I don't say. I think he's made his mind up, you know what I mean, with, with the thing he's playing. Obviously, Hazard in a position that he doesn't really like, but I think what's been key for Sarri is Hazard is happy. He's scoring goals, and that's why he's been clever. He's built his team around the player, the main man, and uh, obviously he's enjoying scoring goals. But I think key, they've got it. If he doesn't fancy the two strikers, Daru or Morata, they've got to bring somebody in. And I've said this a few times. We'll ask a quick one on Angolo Kante. We, we talk about Man City needing someone to cover Fernandinho. He's several years younger than Fernandinho. We're talking about Tottenham needing somebody. You know, there was a chance in this Watford game where Chelsea broke away from a Watford corner. And I think it was Hazard into Angolo Kante yeah. and made this incredible 80-yard yeah. sprinting run. Everything's right. He's got the engine, but he's not the guy you want to be playing through for the vital chance in the game. At some point, you know, any manager comes in and replaces Maurizio Sarri, the first thing they do is put N'Golo Kante back in the centre midfield immediately. Day one, we're doing that. So are we talking about, I just wonder whether if, if a club like Tottenham, they won't do it, it's just pie in the sky stuff, but let's just say Tottenham came with 100 mil, 150 mil, 200 million, let me have N'Golo Kante. You know, he'd, he'd play in that position anywhere else in the Premier League. So why doesn't someone test that resolve? Well, it's, it's a good point, Tom. You know, certainly for me, um, when you've got David Luiz, you'd want... Can't say sitting in front, you know. But the problem is, Sarri's bought on Jorginho. He wants to build the player around him. I thought he's been a bit dis disrespectful, can't he, and say that he can't do that job. Like at the end of the day, Jorginho, listen, fantastic pass for for the penalty, but he's a continuity player. He he, he passes at ten yards. Mm. Can't he can do that? And he also gives you the defensive side. And I think the problem with Chelsea is square pegs and round holes. You know, mm. Hazard, he's moving Hazard, all right, he's doing well, but Hazard doesn't want to play up. He wants to play with somebody, off him as a number 10. Uh, and now he's playing, for me, the best defensive midfielder, mm. arguably him and Fernandinho, in the Premier League. He's playing him as an attacking midfielder. It's just bizarre. Yeah, and as Tom pointed out as well, he, he has a nosebleed in the opposition's penalty area. That, that's just a fact. That's just the player he is. I've got no problem with him scoring one or two goals a season if he shores up the defence. And he but will he's no Frank Lampard, is he? He's no... You know. He's not that. He's not that type of player. He's not an eight or a ten. He's a six. Yeah. He first and foremost, he's a number six, and and he's better than that almost because he covers mm. more yeah. ground. But it, it's almost he gets to the attack in third, and he stops. There's that little force field there. He doesn't. He doesn't want to go any further. It's not his natural game, and he and the ball through from Hazard into him it made an 80 yard run he didn't miss because he was tired after that making that sprint for 80 yards it's just because that's not his natural game yeah. he just skewed the ball wide you can see he's not particularly comfortable in front of goal I think they have yeah. to get him back that's to play to number six. on this conversation I think uh, <laughs> Crystal Palace against Chelsea uh, 12 o'clock Sunday UK time Chelsea you know, we talk about their season being not as good as it could be. They're only four points behind Man City. That ain't too bad. Uh, right, let's move on. Up next, we're talking Burnley. It has been pretty bad. Thrash for five against Everton on Boxing Day. What is going on? It's West Ham for them on Sunday. To Sigerson, Sigerson slides in Richarlison, and it's 5-1 right at the end of the game. Richarlison received a straight ball. He didn't run for the corner. He let it run across his body, and he filtered the ball past Joe Hart's despairing lunge away to his left-hand side. 
Burnley, Burnley, Burnley in the relegation zone right now. Three points behind Cardiff, who are 17th. Sean Dyche says his side don't deserve any better than the results they are currently getting. Thrashed by Everton by five goals to one on Boxing Day. It's West Ham who visit on Sunday at 2.15 UK time. Uh, Injury-wise, a few are out. Stephen Defoe, uh, Ward, Lennon, Pope, Brady. A few players are missing for Burnley. We talk a lot on the programme and have spoken for years about them overperforming, Steve. Are they underperforming now and, and why are they conceding so many? It really is alarming and I think they've lost their identity. Whether there's a mindset the players now think they're better than what they are. But I go back, they came to, to, to the Olympic Stadium at the tail end of last season and they smashed and grabbed. They won 2-1 and it was a typical Burnley of last year. Hung in, hung in the game and then you know, at key moments they took their chances. They came... I think it was in October, late October to West Ham and all of a sudden the centre-halves are splitting, they're trying to play in the midfield. West Ham just said, "You go on then, went in, we nicked it, broke off them and I just think they've got to get back to believing. Listen, what they are, they're, they're, they're 4-4-1-1 where the midfield work the socks off, centre-halves don't take any risks, get it forward and unfortunately for, the, for whether it's Volks or whoever up front, have got to do that loan rule. But they just for me, it's alarming in that period. We're talking about four or five months. The difference between that team in March, April time to where it is now. It's just something, something's went on. You can't just blame it on the players in terms of injuries. You know, it just seems to me that they've, they've maybe started thinking they're better than what they are. And for me, if I look at that squad, they're, they're, a, they're a bottom five Premier League club, possibly champion, championship players. Mm. Are they paying for the overachievement of last season? The fact that they finished seventh, the fact they got into the Europa League. Everybody knew that they, they, their squad is not strong enough yeah. to deal with Europe and to deal with, with the Premier League. And also, I, I have to agree, it's almost as though they believe in their own hype now. I think I think you're right, Matt. That's a key thing that, that maybe they haven't invested. You can't, you, you've got to keep evolving. Listen, done well last season, like finished and get into Europe. But you look at what they brought in in the summer. You know, doesn't really fill you with no. inspiration. Put in, does put in it? Vidra, who's a good championship goal scorer, but no more than that. And what does he do? He sits on the bench no. and will score the occasional goal off the bench. I agree. You have to evolve as a side, especially if you're going to play in Europe. But and, it's and just to Europe, stay sorry, in the, the league. The, the, yeah. Europe thing, <laughs> the Europe thing. They played in Europe when I came into work in shorts and a t-shirt. I came in this morning in a winter coat, and it was minus five yeah. when I left the house. I don't mean to be funny, but Europe was a long time but ago. I, I think, now think, that can't be the excuse. Matt makes a valid point. You can't keep playing bringing championship players that they're going yeah. to continually step up if you're going to stay in you've got to involve and you've got to bring quality that are Premier League proven especially if you're trying to change the way you play I, I, I don't think I think they've lost their identity their identity caught is, in between Matt, yeah, I think their identity evolve. is a really hard working yeah. championship side but making it work in the Premier League yeah, yeah, exactly. and that 4-4-1-1 formation but they, but they have changed the system as well they played three centre-halves the other day you had Gibson yeah, Mee, and that, that, that's, be, that's two, because the results have obviously, obviously yeah. dictated the transition and something different. I think the mindset, you know, last year everybody was putting the shift in, and maybe in the Premier League, Matt, hey, you take that little step off, four or five players start believing they're better than what they are, and they just take the foot off the pedal, and they're just not good enough. Yeah. They've got to be foot to the floor, everybody pushing in the right direction. We have got a system, we're sticking it, we don't care what you think. You know, yeah. this is the way we're playing, we're being ugly on the eye, but mm. we're getting results. How long do you stick with Sean Dyche for? He's done such an no amazing way, job surely. to get them where they are, but, I mean, do you make a call? No, who, I, who I think, I think, I think that team? would be very harsh because at the end of the day, you know, he's working their budget. You know, we don't know what the budget is to bring players in. Burnley are certainly not going for it. You would have thought if they're ever going to back him, you know, finishing mm. seventh, that would have been the year to say, you know what, go go and bring in, go and spend. Because you look at even the likes of Fulham, spent £100 million. Mm. You know, and they're doing it on a shoestring, so I think it would be extremely harsh if they sack Sean. But you're looking at the other teams down there, if you're Burnley, you think, OK, Huddersfield, we can be better than them. Mm. Fulham, maybe they're the sort of team that could improve in the yeah. second half yeah. of the season. I think Southampton have already improved. Cardiff, yep, we'll be down there with them. Palace, if they get a striker. Newcastle, you know, it's... I think what's key is they've got some draws. They've got yeah. games coming up around them, whereas last season they were beating teams in and around them. They're not doing it this season. T teams that are down there, the likes of the Fulhams, the likes of the Palaces, the likes of the West Hams mm. are turning them over. Look, it's going to be 30 points, maybe 32, that, that keeps you up. That's what you're looking at this a record season. record low, I think you're right, Tom. I think 34 is, 34 the, West is the 
Brom, West yeah, Brom record. Yeah. So that's the lowest ever. I think we're looking at even lower than that. Maybe in the 20s. High 20s yeah, might th- keep I you up this year. I think 31 might keep you up this season. Uh, right, let's talk West Ham briefly. Uh, we are talking before their Southampton game, Steve. A quick one on them. You watch them a lot this yeah. season, of course. Um, they've done well to get on that winning run before the Watford game with the injuries they've got. But look, they frustrate me, West Ham, because you look at the players that are probably going to be out for this game. Uh, Marco Manaltovic may have played against Southampton, but likely back for this one. But he's missed the last couple of weeks. There's no uh, Hernandez, potentially. Wilshere, obviously. Fredericks, Lanzini, Reed, Sanchez, Yarmolenko, Lucas Perez. I mean, there's 10 or 11 first-team players out. They're going to need to buy a couple of players just to be mid-table, aren't they? Well, because I think, listen, if you, if you look at Tottenham the way they have went, and I think, you know... West Ham since they've they've went to the Olympic Stadium, there isn't a long term ban. They keep it's keep short termism. Mm. You know, bringing in the likes of Wiltshire, no bringing in walk. bringing in senior players, bringing in Hernandezes and putting them on a hundred and thirty grand a week. Then the day there has to be a long term vision at West Ham, and I don't think there has been. For me, the recruitment, all right, the last couple of windows, last window's been okay, but the first four or five windows when we moved across mm. were shambolic. <laughs> and still maybe paying the price for that. Listen, let's move on. Let's talk Man United. Uh, we mentioned them earlier on. They got Bournemouth on Sunday, 4.30 UK time. Does it annoy anyone that Paul Pogba was really good in the game against yeah, Huddersfield? Yeah, Fair it, enough, it was it, Huddersfield, but... It does. It, it annoys me. I, I think that he'd decided that he didn't like Mourinho, didn't like Mourinho's style of play, which he, which is fine if you don't, but you, but you still give... <laughs> Steve and I were talking about this off-air. You still give 100% Paul Paul Pogba completely and utterly down tools. He didn't try a leg for a number of games. And of course, you, I, I hate it when ex-players, and I'm about to go on about money, and yes, he's getting paid lots of money. It shouldn't be about money. He should be getting paid, for, if he's getting paid £5 a week, you go out there and you do your job, whatever whatever job you're in, you go out and give 100%. And Pogba hasn't done that for a number of months. Mourinho leaves, he has a smile on his face, he mm. enjoys his football, and yes, he's the player that we know played for Juventus and, and in that, France. And that's a reason for me why he'll never win the Ballon d'Or. He certainly yeah. got he certainly got the talent for it, but he hasn't got the mentality, you know, of a top player. And and one hundred percent it irks with me. If I if I was in that change room, I think, you know, you you not only all right, you you don't get on with the manager, but you're cheating us in here. You're not giving. You're not giving. You're not playing for the manager. You're, not, you're, you're playing for the badge. You're playing, you're playing for, the for the fans, you're and you're playing for, your for the fans. Have forgiven well. him already, haven't they? Exactly. That's, they don't well, care. That's... They're downloading his uh, his emoji. Yeah. But he's not the only one. He's not. He's no, not he's just not. He's, he's the biggest one, though, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah but he's, he's, he's the, the one with the most man. talent. He's the that is. But it's the whole team. The whole team look different now. The centre, Lindelof, Lindelof looks like a world beater all of a sudden. Oh, come on, let's have you a know, right. We're looking at the two games, you know, the average teams. Let, let's look at them over the course of the next 20 games. Listen, a new manager comes back in, they revert back the tape. Uh, yeah, but if Mourinho was still there, they would not have won those two games mm. as comfortably as they did. They wouldn't have been Cardiff for five. I, I didn't watch the last game in as much detail, but I thought they were fantastic at times against Cardiff. Yeah. The third goal, the Martial goal, uh, magnificent. Could be Sanchez back for this game as well. Uh, Martial could be back and Lukaku uh, is returning from compassionate leave ahead of Sunday. Briefly about Bournemouth, I thought it could have been different against Tottenham should they scored uh, early doors, they had a good chance, I think Stanislas missed a chance and then they had a couple of chances later that they didn't quite go in, but look, thrash for five, either way you slice it, that ain't no good, beaten by Wolves, thrashed by Liverpool, dropping down the table to 11th, how do you, you got to stop I the I think rot, they're right? just finding their level, aren't they? I think they're a bit like Wolves, they'll win games because they go for it and at times they're going to get thrashed because they're so open and I think... When they lose, they lose badly. I think Eddie Howe realises to stay in the Premier League, if you score goals, you win games and you know, getting an odd draw here and, and there, you know, it just doesn't wash. You'd rather lose three and win two. So I think that's his philosophy. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's still doing a great job, all things considered. Uh, let's move on to Leicester against Cardiff. Three o'clock UK time on Saturday. I wonder how many Claude Puel out banners we will see this weekend. Uh, why don't they take to him? Someone explain it to me. He's done such a good job mm. at Southampton. You know, when you step back now and look back what he did at Southampton, we spoke to Franny Benali and Jason Dodd, a few others in the programme, former Saints people. And they all kind of step back now and think, yeah, he's probably done all right there in Leicester. Yeah. He's done pretty well, isn't he, really, on the whole? So why don't they like him? And who could they get that's better? Mourinho's free. It's, it's delusions of grandeur. It, it has to be. Again, they, they won the Premier League, what was it, three seasons ago, four seasons ago. And maybe Leicester fans think they should still be up there. And, and I, I think they're still clinging on to that Ranieri style of play as well, the counter-attacking style of play. They nailed it against but, Man City. That's what they did. But people have found Leicester out as well. And I think when they and were they've near... Got, the... They've got a whole different team, apart from Vardy. 
Yeah. Everyone's changed. Yeah. It's a yeah. different team, but they're still top of the second tier yeah. of, of the Premier League. There's no way they're going to break into the, the into the into the top six, and they're sitting in seventh. Yes, it's very tight underneath them, but yeah, I don't understand all the Puyol out banners. They've just beaten Chelsea and Manchester City, but yeah, they played a reserve team against Man City in the Carabao Cup. You know, so it's all doom and, and he's still gloom. Don't like Vardy. And he's uh, set up the one for all Brighton against Man City fantastically and scored the winner against Chelsea and still they seem to not be getting on. But they've got to back it up now. You've, you've just beaten two top teams and now you've got Cardiff at home. And then this this would be typical, wouldn't it, of the way the Premier League is, that they get a draw yeah, or they or they labour yeah. to a 1-0 win and then they're all of a sudden the pressure's on again. Uh, may, may, on maybe maybe they, they're more suited to playing against those top teams than they are against some of the, the teams like Cardiff. Well, Cardi. they are, because they, they can revert back yeah. to that counter-attacking style of play that all the players are very comfortable with. Puyol doesn't really want to play like that, but it makes sense to play yeah. that way against Man City, against Chelsea, yeah. so it works. But you're right, I agree. Can you go out there and play play and beat Cardiff when they're going to sit 11 men behind the ball from the minute the referee blows his whistle? And what they'll do, as they've done every single game, is try and get down the wingers, win a throw, get the, the Goodman yeah, to take but, the throw, but, but, uh, but, and then try and get Morrison to flick it on <laughs> and see who's in the box. The issue, but, though, briefly, is that um, Callum Patterson, who, who's been their best player, the, the right-back slash striker, uh, could be out for this one. And so what do they do next? Ward's uh, injured as well. Well, yeah. put the left back centre forward. I think. <laughs> I, I assume. But what I would say is on Neil Warnock, if he keeps Cardiff yeah. up, for me, he's manager yeah. of the year. That squad staying in in the Premier League yeah. is unbelievable because that that isn't like even it's not even to get them nothing, promoted. They're not even for me. I look at the I was squad. About to say, it's not a good championship. They team. might just make the playoffs if they're lucky. So all credit to Neil Warnock. You know, we all thought it'd be you know three points if they're lucky by Christmas. For them to be out of the bottom three by Christmas yeah. is simply sensational. Four wins already, 15 points. Out the bottom three right now. Uh, in the bottom three, Fulham. They take on Huddersfield, who are rock bottom of the table right now. Another loss for them. Uh, it's defeat after defeat after defeat for the Terriers right now. They had that little Philip a few weeks ago when they played great at Wolves. But as soon the as best Ar- player right injured, Aaron Moy. As soon as Aaron Moy got injured, Steve, it's, you know, it's going to fall apart for you, isn't it? Well, it, listen, it's a key player for them. Yeah, like you're saying, you just can't see any way. Fulham now are tightening up. But obviously Mitrovic, for me, if he had taken his chances, if he takes his chances, I think Fulham can potentially get out of it. I don't see the same for Huddersfield. Uh, and Fulham briefly, of course, uh, one of your former teams as well. We mentioned earlier on, Mitrovic felt like crying after missing all those chances. If they're going to finally punish someone I with the chances it. created. I, I loved it, though. And you looked at his shirt and it was just covered in mud, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it shows you he was so involved. Yeah. He, was, he was unlucky. I'll tell you what as well, whatever happens with Fulham this year, uh, he ain't playing Fulham next year. I tell you, there'll be bigger teams coming he's up. He's not. He, he works so. We so, work so hard and he's, what's he got? Seven goals of, of Fulham, 16, Only a couple of assists as well. You know, you look at, Newcastle, what they yeah, do what? for him, Mitrovic, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I if only thought, they could have had a Mitrovic. W- I would have thought he would have been a Benitez-type player as well. You know, heart in the sleeve, leads the line well. It's just, it's just surprising. On, There's something about him, they just yeah. didn't get on. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, Fulham Huddersfield is Saturday at three, UK time, as is Watford against Newcastle United. Uh, you can't help but feel that Watford are going to punish someone soon mm. for the way they've played recently. They're not getting yeah. the results I think they've deserved. I think it's three losses in four, the win at West Ham, but they, they should have lost other games. They should have won yeah. other games, but, sorry, in there. They were good yeah, against yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. three losses in four. Is it two losses in three? Two losses in five, actually. Two losses in five. Okay, yeah. fine. But but I really like Watford. Anyway, there's some yeah. games in there they should have won, all right? <laughs> Blimey. You can't even pay them a compliment these <laughs> days, can you? Well, the Should be the championship, the, all of them. The compliment that I would pay Watford is I would like four or five of the players at West Ham. Yeah. You know, Pereira. Um, that Domingos Keener would be good, wouldn't he? Exactly. Kapui, Decora. Yeah. You know, big, they're a big, strong, powerful team. And they just bullied West Ham the other day. They're just too quick, too strong. And I think you're right. Somewhere down the line, they're going to give somebody a right good hiding. This could be it. Delafeu, Pereira yeah. as well. Great attacking talents. Dean looks good despite being really fat. Uh, right, we've got to move on uh, to the final game we haven't mentioned. Uh, Brighton against Everton. Brighton's home form, always fantastic. Lost just two of their last 12 home games. But Everton, I mean, no one saw, surely, the way they've played in recent weeks. They couldn't really put a pass together in the last couple of games. And they've done Burnley for five. It's a tough one to predict this one. You just don't know what Everton team's turning up, I think. You know, Brighton getting the draw, stopping the rot, they had three defeats. Um, but I think it shows you how good Chris Hutton's doing. They're sort of almost on the radar. Everybody just expects they're up now, they're an established Premier League club. But, you know, they're really young into, in, into the Premier League and I think he's doing an absolute superb job. Yep. 
And, and they're good at home. They're so good at home. What they've done, beat Manchester United, drew with Arsenal, Everton are poor away from home as well. That they... being said, they rode a lot against Arsenal. Yes, the, the they goalkeeper did. was course, fantastic. Yeah. He made three or four and he's missing now. And well, sensational saves. Who comes in for Matt Ryan? I can't think of the number two is for Brighton. We'll have to look into that. But uh, him not being there, I think yeah. he's one of the top five or six yeah, in the, the league. See, so. The save from Aubameyang, low down to his right, was, oh, it's up there with the top saves of the season yeah. for me. Could be an issue uh, for Brighton. Lewis Dunk suspended for this game as well. So a chance for Everton to get another away win. Listen, we are out of time. Thanks, chaps. Uh, final preview show of 2018. Uh, should we do some what are your highlights of the year like everyone does at their <laughs> Christmas table? Matt, what was yours coming back for this show? Uh, yeah, it's definitely coming back. Seeing you, Tom, <laughs> listening uh, uh, about a few anecdotes from Steve oh, Lomas, yeah. a pre-show. Unbroadcasting <laughs> exactly. anecdotes. And hearing about your three bottles of Advocat. That has been the you highlight of my right. 2018. Steve, you? I think the highlight for me is the Premier League's competitive. Spurs now back into the game. Liverpool have improved. And what we didn't want is last year where Man City just title rolled everybody over uh, and it's a proper it's going to I think it's going to go down to the mm. you know last two or three games Dave for you hair gel being half price <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to buy any he's been waiting to use that all game Dave <laughs> 55 minutes I had to use that joke um, footballing highlights Dave for 2018 oh, well I mean it, it can't I know it's not the Premier League but being at the World Cup was just something, yeah, something yeah. amazing being in this stadium um, um, actually I actually wasn't watching the penalty shootout when we beat Colombia, even though I was in the stadium, I was watching our commentator Jim Proudfoot. So I had to film it for the social media. Right. But in a way, that was even more emotional. He was crying. He's the first one he'd seen. <laughs> it was an amazing moment. And beating West Ham weren't too bad the other day. Oh, he couldn't. He couldn't leave it. He couldn't let it lie. He couldn't let it lie. Right. That's it for today's show. We'll see you next week. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18+, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.